0: Welcome to Relationship University. My name is Natalie Bloom, therapist and counselor specializing in young professionals. Each episode, you'll hear uncommon conversations with real people and take away psychological insights and tools to strengthen your relationship to dating, friendships, partners, and work. But most importantly, improving the relationship you have to yourself. Thanks so much for joining me and let's get it started. Welcome to part two of this Enneagram class. If you're just tuning in here, feel free to check out part one for more context. You won't want to miss it. In this episode, we'll be covering Enneagram personality types six through nine. And just as a reminder, the Enneagram is a system that is made up of nine personality types that looks at our internal motivations as the catalyst for what drives our behavior. The Enneagram is a powerful tool for helping us understand ourselves and others much better and helps us to move through life with more emotional intelligence. And we'll be continuing to learn from our brilliant guest, Ayla Miller, who's been a professional educator for over 20 years on the topics of personality systems like the Myers Briggs and the Enneagram. So, enough talking. Let's get to type six, seven, eight, and nine. I really hope you love listening and learning from the podcast. And the podcast is not meant to be actual therapy or a substitute for a relationship with a mental health provider.
1: All right, sixes. Oh, I love them.
0: Do you have a special reason why you love them?
1: Well, they're just a lot of times the backbones of society to be quite honest. I mean, really, they, they hold up institutions and um, and they're there when, when things need to be solved. And so I really appreciate that in sixes. Um, and like I said before, all the types I have a, a certain kind of love for, and six definitely has a, a place in my heart that way as well. So six, um, often called the loyal skeptic, sometimes called the devil's advocate, an already loyal skeptic. There's already a two-sided sort of aspect to six. And I think that that's like a pattern that we're going to see with specifically the pattern of six. They're dutiful. They're committed, loyal. They can be anxious and suspicious of others. And often it takes them a while to um, to trust people and, um, but once you earn a six's trust, they are there for you and they have your back in a way that that's really powerful and different than other types. The, one of their fears is that, um, again, they're thinking about security similar to five, but in a different way. Uh, they're, in, they're a thinking type similarly to five that way as well. But they're thinking about that they, their fear is that they will be without support or guidance that they don't, aren't necessarily sure that they're capable of surviving on their own in a way. So they look to others for the direction for security. And that can be others like people that they know or an institution connecting themselves to something. But often, even though that's the case, they then pull back in question. So even though they're wanting to connect themselves to something bigger than themselves that they can be loyal to, they realize that Is this something to be loyal to? And that's that questioner, that sort of the loyal but skeptical aspect of sixes. Their focus of attention is potential dangers, risks, and worst case scenarios and just general preparedness. So I have to say sixes have been extremely helpful during the pandemic. <laughs> they were right out there ready to come up with a plan and what might happen. And sixes, because of this back and forth nature that they tend to have of questioning things and sort of being concerned for risks, they they think about p- potential possible things that could go wrong. So when I was talking to my six friend, I said, you know, who knows a lot about risk management and knows a lot about what might happen with the pandemic. And it was really early on. And I said, how worried should I be? And they said, oh, yeah, this is this is a problem. This is we should be pretty concerned. And I was like, oh, no. And, you know, what? well, well, you know, that's what the that's what the experts are saying. I was like, oh, well, OK. And they're like, but, you know, sometimes experts you can't trust. And I'm I was like, wait, what? I was like, what? And then they were like, well, you know, there's also some people who say that the conspiracies might be what's happening. And you're like, okay. And then they, you know, so they're going back and forth. But then the, but then at the end of that conversation, they came back to, No, but you should buy some toilet paper. And it was before practical, pa- practical, right? This sort of like, but but be prepared. I mean, even still, even if we're questioning things we should troubleshoot and they're excellent troubleshooters, even for problems that haven't happened and maybe might not happen, but they're really good at that. Things like going to be going to a restaurant we're using that. And now like when we're going to go to a restaurant with sick, you know, they might say like, before we're even going to the restaurant and they've looked it up too, because they want it, they want to know like what, what do people order here? You know, ask the wait, they're the kind of, they want to ask the waiter, well, what, what should, what do other people get to have more information? Um, but a six might even before you go to the restaurant, they're thinking to themselves, you know what you should take, um, you should take Middlefield instead. Cause there, there might be traffic on El Camino and you know, we don't want to get stuck in traffic, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, Oh, okay. We've troubleshot this problem. I didn't even know existed, you know? So sixes are really <laughs> good at that. Um, they, they often are thinking things, what could go wrong here? Whom can I trust? That's a big thing for sixes because they really do want to trust people. And it's really slow to warm up to trust people. But they, they want to because they want to give their loyalty to people who are deserving. And the other thing that, they, that dwells in their mind is, am I making the best decisions? Because they can see that there's sort of competing reasons why things might not be the right decision to make, and they don't necessarily trust their own judgment in making those decisions. That being said, they're very self-sufficient often, which is interesting because they don't always trust that they can rely on themselves, but then they often are self-sufficient. So it's this back and forth. Another back and forth example is I know a six uh, works in the government and, uh, you know, feels very strongly about working in the government, um, but also is doesn't believe in the government and thinks that it can't get anything done and that you can't trust people who work in the government. It's like, oh, okay, (laughs) But it's true because they see both. They see that that happening. They can be anxious, struggle with that. They can be hypervigilant. They can be pessimistic. That's sort of like, well, there's going to be traffic, right? And they can sometimes be contrary um, for the sake of being contrary, for the sake of sort of questioning things. And also mistrustful is something that they can struggle with, sort of this idea that there's really nobody that you can trust unless it's maybe something higher that they've connected themselves to in some way. And that can be that could be spiritually, but that could be also a bigger institution of some kind or something like that. But they're loyal. They're they can be very sensitive. Um, they're they're witty often and courageous. This is something that's big for sixes because even though they are often worrying about worst case scenarios, they will put themselves at the front line of danger, and not for the glory, and not because they're ready to kick butt, but because it's got to get done, and somebody's got to do it, and they were ready.
0: What is it like to be in a relationship with a six?
1: Well, one thing you might notice is that it takes them a really long time to order things at a restaurant. They're, they're going over the possible pros and cons. Pros and cons is a big thing for sixes. Um, in fact, it's really important for them to be able to do that and often verbalize the pros and cons of anything. Um, so it can, can kind of take a while um, making decisions in general that way. Being in a relationship with a six. They really like to, um, they want to feel safe and secure and they want to feel prepared. So anything that kind of m- messes with that can be an issue for sixes. So things like changing plans, not being reliable, it's slow to trust. And so they're looking for kind of, often they'll test people out. So they'll pose something and kind of wait for the answer to see if this person is trustworthy or how they feel about something. Can they, can they move forward with them? They need a lot of reminding of commitment sort of things. And that doesn't have to be verbally. It can be things like just showing up, being present, even when something is hard, being there anyway. Um, but, but they need to hear that or see that in some way. Um, and they like expectations to be clear you know, I, I know a sick, we were going to be having a meeting. And um, it was like the, the anxiety just around, well, what what's being expected of us? And it's like, well, we don't really know all the things. Yes. But like, it was a really good question. It was like, what's the expectation here going into this? And, and I thought, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's kind of important, actually. Um, so it was like that, again, that troubleshooting, but with the sort of, how do I can, how can I feel secure when everything is sort of inherently unsafe? inherently not secure. And so wanting to find that. So there's some anxiety that's a part of the six's personality. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of six. But that being said, every type can have elements of anxiety, but the kind of anxiety is going to be different. A two is going to be anxious. Do they like me? I'm anxious about how they're going to feel about me, right? Versus a four might feel anxious that like they're going to have to be in a position that's going to like drain their energy in some way, and how is that going to feel for who they are, and what if they can't be authentic, and I'm anxious about that. You know, it's a really different kind of anxious to, I'm concerned that these people are untrustworthy, and I'm going to be put in a vulnerable situation, uh, and I need to be prepared for finding all the exits, which is six often. A lot of times people get confused also with sixes and eights, and we can talk about that later um, when I talk about eight. But I'll mm-hmm. just say it here now is that sixes are often the security guards, the people who are, are, are making sure that everything's going kind of smoothly. So they're putting themselves in, a, in a, a dangerous position, but they're not trying to, like, make a fight happen necessarily. Let's go on to seven. Okay. Tell me about seven, Hila. Okay. Seven, so much fun. I'm saying that for the sevens because we know know you love fun and love to be seen as fun loving as well. So sevens often called the enthusiasts. They're spontaneous, they're versatile, they can be kind of hedonistic, always there for the thrill, something new around the corner, there's something else to find out, there's always something there, and they can be scattered because of that, that, ooh, shiny syndrome, that, ooh, something else that I could be doing, you you know, that kind of how to be present in the moment, well, this moment's really cool, but, but there might be something else. There's something else I could be doing and kind of, you know, the the hunt of finding that something else. And then you get there and then, well, there might be another party to go to. There might be another, all of that sort of thing for sevens. So their fear that drives that, the internal motivation for that external behavior is the fear that there might be deprivation, that you might not have all of your needs and interests met, that your desires won't be met. And so you have to actively go get them. You have to really experience life all the time because, you know, it might just not even be there for you. And you have to pursue that for yourself. And because of that, um, their focus of attention tends to be multiple options, keeping options open. Oh boy, that's a big thing for seven. Uh And idealized future plans, that everything is always about that next thing we're going to go do, that next that, that next trip, that next board game we're going to play, that next, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but there's some, this future kind of plan and driving and doing, and different, different way of doing that, doing that go, go, go for a goal of three um, versus that do, 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 because like I'm so fun and if I'm having fun, I won't have to feel pain. So the kind of, the, that sort of like flight from anything that's uncomfortable. So their strengths are finding things playful, imaginative. Often they're very energetic for that reason, Um, adventurous. Um, Sometimes they're called the adventurer Um, and quick thinking. They really do that a lot. They can be impulsive though, Um, impatient, right? With the pace of life, with sort of the day-to-day, similar to fours with the day-to-day, but they don't want to go to those deep, dark places of emotions and sort of dwell inside themselves. They are externalizing that outside of themselves and looking for stimulation away from themselves. They can be unrealistic sometimes. Like, oh yeah, we can drive it. It only takes like three hours. We're going to, it's like, it's definitely a six hour drive. It's (laughs) it's definitely going to take longer. Um, We didn't plan any snacks. Like, this is going to be an issue, but no, 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 no. It's three. It's like only three hours to LA. Like we can do LA and then we can go to (laughs) Santa Barbara. Like, okay. And then um, and sometimes uncommitted because of that. It's like, well, I don't want to pin myself in because I might miss out on an experience. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come to that party, maybe, you know, or, oh, but this other party came up, you know, or whatever it was. This, you know, that's, that's sort of like what's going on with sevens. So things, sevens at a party often are talking about all of the things that they've done um, that are interesting and fun. They like to be the life of, of a party. Um, threes want to be the life of the party and often are too. Um, but threes, they want to be admired for the hard work they've done. And sevens actually, a lot of times are kind of flippant about hard work. They often don't even necessarily need to work that hard. Um, they're pretty like fast-minded and um, they want to get things done so they can go do something else that's interesting. So, yeah, sevens oftentimes have, like, stories that involve, like, crazy scenarios. A seven friend, you know, is telling you, like, oh, we got to eat at this restaurant. It's, like, really cool, and it reminds me of when I was living in Japan, um, and then, like, I blacked out one night, and I woke up in a sushi bar on a rooftop (laughs) in Tokyo, and you're, like, you're, like, how did we get to this conversation? It's like, and you're laughing and it's funny, but it's like, and then you sort of think about it and you're like, okay, wait, oh, and, and why were you, how did that happen? You know, so that's a big part of their pattern that way. And because of that, it can be hard for them to commit, hard for them to be there emotionally for people. Another seven I know, um, you know, I, I mentioned something about feelings and and they were like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of here, but you know, that's not fun. But they said, oh, you know, one time I think I cried uh, when my dog died. And they weren't saying it as a joke. You know, it was really just like, yeah, that one time. Because that's not fun. And I don't want to spend time in things that aren't fun. I want to escape to something else.
0: So if I were to look at a Seven's Instagram page, what would I notice about how they were presenting themselves on social media? And then what would be the secret things that they were writing in their diary that I didn't get to see?
1: That is, that's a fabulous question. First of all, I'm not sure a seven necessarily would take time to have a secret diary because that would mean having to go and reflect on sort of the feelings about things. And that's sometimes hard for sevens. They really are focusing on what's stimulating. Do I feel limited or constrained? Um, can I avoid pain? And what they're broadcasting is this sort of like exciting, adventurous life that they live or the sort of the positive only. Uh, they can be big spin. Uh, like I said, the, the, it's only going to take three hours to get there. You know, you, you know, your car got crushed by a tree, but like, you know, you live near trees. It's <laughs> like, stop crying. Like, you're, you know, uh-huh. this is great. Tree, you know, I love trees. One time in Malaysia, I was hiking across a forest and you're just like, hey, what about how I'm feeling? No, 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 no. That's not, that's not fun. That's not, you know, compelling to me. In fact, that makes me feel limited and constrained. Um, and so I'm out of here.
0: So sevens are all about fun.
1: Yes. Well, lots of types love fun. But like a six loves to have fun, of course, but they're going to do their duty when need they need to. They're going to step in and do that. And sevens can too, but they might it might be harder. It's, you know, that sort of that, that fear of being constrained, of not being stimulated, that somehow if you don't go out there and get it and do all the things, you know, you might miss something. That, that fear of missing out is is very big for sevens in a, in a deeper way than maybe other types who have fear of missing out. This sort of drives their patterns.
0: Well, that's fun. So let's let's go on to the next. We move uh, on to eight.
1: Oh, eight. We love you. Where are you? Eight. eight. Ooh, all right. Well, the eights have been very patient through all of this. And you know what? That's really hard for eights. So I applaud you for sitting through all of these mopey feeling types and people who overthink things and why can't people just get things done just do it just go for it nobody cares nobody's thinking about you right just move on I don't think we need to say anything else about eight really I mean they can just you know they're fine they don't need anything nothing nothing's no one can tell them what to do I mean it's like I got this covered and figured out next okay let's talk about (laughs) eights
0: I love that okay so tell so, you're, so tell me, tell me more, T- tell me more. Maybe eights, that was enough for them. I'm guessing that they, oh, yeah. they want something concise.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: They want to move on. We don't want to, we don't want to be too touchy feely here.
1: Yeah. And I think eights also just, you know, it's like, let's be concise. Let's get to the point. And also, um, people need to get over themselves and, uh, and their feelings and, um, and they have, they, I, you know, and eight would say they have feelings, of course, they're people, um, but they don't need to spend a lot of time on that. So let's talk about eights. So eights, <laughs> I love eights, actually, or and I shouldn't even say actually, I love eights. <laughs> <laughs> eights, the protector, sometimes called the boss, sometimes called the general, but really the protector, I think, is a better word for eights. Um, they're decisive, right? They've already figured this out. They've been. They understand people. They know how to be a good judge of these things and character in general. They're confident. Oh boy, are they confident? I, my eight friend has blind confidence in me all the time, and I'm just like, why? How? Well, how does this? But and it's like because you know they're right. You know that that it's it's just that's how they are. Uh, they can be willful. They can be confrontational. I mean, right? If you if you've already figured things out and you're decisive, why not uh, confront? And that's also because they're not scared of confrontation. You know, other types really uh, f- fear that. And we're, we'll talk about that type next, but <laughs> for nines. But eights actually kind of like confrontation a lot of times. And it can, it d- doesn't necessarily have to be a fight. Um, it can be things like, you know, being like, why are you doing that? You know, that even that can be for some types. It's like, well, why are you, you know, four, like, well, why are you asking? You know, I, I may hurt my feelings. And and eights like, "Why? Why? Do you, why are you getting all caught up in that? So their focus of attention is injustice resisting others' control. That is a big part of it. Eights don't want to be told what to do. Um, They want to know, is everything under control in an effective and just way? Now, they're interested in in when things are just, similar to ones, but in a really different way. Ones want to make sure that they're just in kind of the rules, the, the order. Eights are like To hell with that if it doesn't make sense. What about my justice? What about what the, what, you know, if I were metting it out, like I have, I have confidence in what would be the way to protect someone. And I'm going to do that if that means having to confront somebody else. They, uh, they want to make things happen. They're big doers. We had big doers with three, but, uh, we had doers with seven and here's another big doer and a big energy in general that way. And, uh, they just want to get things done. They often don't understand why people could just can't just go forward, you know, in the in the staff meeting where it's like, "Why are we still talking about this?" I mean, threes often will be like, "Why are we still talking about this? Can we be more efficient?" Eights want to be like, "Stop stop your blubbering, right? Let's, let's let's actually just do it." And they don't even know what the do it is necessarily. They don't necessarily have a goal or something, but they want to just do it. So so we can just go move forward. They're strong, they're courageous, um they're very fair often. Um They they tell it like it is. They're straightforward and uh, truthful, and they're protective of others. They're there to make sure that nobody gets the better of somebody because they know that that can happen, but they can be hot-tempered, domineering. Um, They can be insensitive. That's a big thing that people experience with eights, and ultimately, it's hard for them to acknowledge that they have some kind of vulnerable, soft side to themselves often their fear, and even for eights, even acknowledging right now, an eight listening might say a fear. Pff, well, I don't even, I don't, I don't deal with fear, you know, but their fear is of being harmed and controlled by others, that you'll be at the mercy, that you'll be violated, that you have to maintain control of your circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean like they're like burning things down and having fights left and right in order to control. It can be things that are small, like going out to a restaurant with an eight might be something like, um, you know, you're sitting at the restaurant, you're having a really good time. And the waiter comes over and says, Oh, you know what? You have to try the clams. We, we make such great clams here. And the other, you know, I'm, I'm saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. I, I, I really like that we're having this connection and Oh yeah. Thanks for helping. I, I really appreciate your helping. And the eighth that I'm sitting with says, I'm not getting the clams. <laughs> and, it's like, and, I, and I say to myself, wait, hold on a second. You, before we walked in, you said you were going to get them. Well, no.'" I, I'm not getting the clamp because somebody was telling me to, and that's control, right? They're aware of paradynamics. If a three can walk into a room and know where everyone's social standing is and like who the cool people are, and eight walks into the room and knows who are the people here that are like dangerous? Who are the people here who are bullies? Who are the people here who need to be set straight um, or told also that they can rise up Eights are there to do that, too. Eights often have this incredible ability to see a diamond in the rough in, in a way that nobody else would. They're like, oh, no, Larry's not very interesting. No, no. You know what? He's amazing. Larry is a man of his word, you know, and they're just, like, they're going to bed. They're like, they barely, they barely know Larry, but they're like there for that person. And it's a really powerful thing. But yeah, sometimes it can be that kind of like uh, quick to temper or quick to, quick to confrontation. And the confrontation can be minor. I, I had an eight friend or I have an eight friend, um, where one time I was eating salad and they were like, why are you eating salad? And I was like, well, I, I want it. No, wh- why? Just because you're a woman, you're going to eat salad. And, and this, this this eight friend is female also. And by the way, she was also eating a salad at the point. But like, she's like, she's like, why are you eating a salad? And I was like, oh, just because I want. She's like, well, you know, society doesn't have to tell you to eat a salad. You can do whatever you want. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, just because other people want you to be a certain weight doesn't matter. I'm like, well, I wasn't even, you know, so it's like, <laughs> you know, sort of that, that sort of fight, that sort of confrontation in some way, but also to protect. So sometimes eights can be... Um, in their mind, they're really, you know, fighting for the good fight, and then other people see them as the bully. Um, so it can kind of go back and forth. So I like to call them the protector because really, at their at their base, they really are incredible protectors.
0: How does a very self aware eight move through the world with others versus an eight that um, doesn't do as much introspection?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Also similar to sevens, um, eights sometimes have trouble introspecting. A lot of times they're right and, um, or they, they see themselves as being right most of the time, and it's hard for them to go back and sort of uh, look at the things that they've done and how, um, and how it affected other people. Partially because to do that would mean that they somehow had fallen into something that they weren't in control of, right? If something goes out of hand for an eight, how do they go back and say that they were the person who made it get out of hand, right? They're in control. So mm-hmm. it's hard for them sometimes to recognize their own role in something getting out of control or something instead of blaming somebody else that way. It was like, oh, no, you were the one that made the f- argument. It's like, wait a minute. I didn't make the argument. Yeah, you did. You were the one that created this argument because if I was in charge, there wouldn't be any argument. Um, so that's like an A at a low. An a, a at a functioning really well is able to say, um, I can really see that you feel like you're being controlled, right? I, I understand that. I recognize that. And I want to be there for you in, in order to make it so that nobody's taking advantage of you. They really, they, they want to, to do that often. They, they can see people, they can see when someone's being taken advantage of or being um, maligned in some way. And they, they'll be that, that incredible leader. I mean, really, eights can just be incredible leaders um, in a way that, that um, makes others shine. What's
0: an eights relationship with what's a fact or not, or what's right or what's wrong, or what's black or what's white?
1: That's, that's also a fabulous question. So eights also tend to have black and white thinking, similarly to ones. And again, One's black and white thinking is uh, very much about like the morality of something, the good, they want to be do-gooders, um, that somebody said and therefore we should follow it, rule followers. Um, so ones do that. Aids tend to see sort of facts as more like how they see them. Um, matters more often because they uh, they see themselves often as better arbiters than just kind of just some random person who decided. I mean, can we even trust them? Aids often have trouble with trust that way, um, and so why not go with what they actually are observing and doing themselves? They they trust that more because they're the ones in control, and then they so they they see that often. So that's the whole like my justice is better than society's justice. Or can, it can be that way. So an eight is
0: concerned with what's fair for them?
1: Yeah, and how they see fairness. And a lot of times that is going to bat for people. It's not just for them. Um, they really stand up for the little guy a lot of times, actually very often. But it depends on who they've decided is the little guy in a situation. That's a big part of it. So sometimes helping eights can be things like instead of telling them something else because they're going to resist that and be like, nope, nobody can tell me I'm in control. Instead of telling an eight something, asking them how they got to that point and trying to understand it more rather than accusing or that sort of thing can be helpful. And then bringing them, asking them to help you understand it. And it's kind of working together. They like to work together to solve things. They're big problem solvers.
0: So if you're in an argument with an eight what are some great phrases or terms that you can say to him or her or them mm-hmm. in order to reconnect and rekindle the bond?
1: That's that's fabulous. Um, so eights like things to be very direct. They really don't like beating around the bush. They really don't like when it's, um, you know, a sob story necessarily, but they do like when something is kind of laid out for them very clearly. So that's sometimes helpful. So sort of wishy-washiness can be hard for them. They're like, what what are you trying to say? Um, Another thing that I find helpful with eight is again, having them come into the conversation with me. So instead of telling them like, as if I'm a teacher and it's like, you should do that, you know, should is not a great place for eights, right? They're going to resist that sort of fundamentally, but saying things like, can you help me to figure out a way that we can fix this together. Um, Mm. That's a really helpful thing with eight. So basically having them involved in the conversation in the whole figuring it out, that doesn't mean a conversation of like, let's talk about our deep, dark feelings necessarily, but you know, an eight's frustrated with something that you did or something that you said, it's you can say like, "I I wanna talk to you about what would make that, but like, how would that work better for you? Like, what can we do? How can we solve this? where we don't see eye to eye on something. Um, but I know that you're actually really good at figuring out how we can both be right and how we can both move forward. Cause you're so good at getting things done. You know, what, how can you help me do that? Cause you're good at that. You're a great leader. It's like, lead let's, let's find a way to do this together. That's brilliant. I think I'm going to re-listen to that like (laughs) five or six times. (laughs) It's, it's hard to do a different pattern though, right? Like if it's not, you know, when someone's doing their personality pattern and it triggers yours, it's like, oh, well now we're both in our personality patterns and it's really hard to think outside of it. Or even besides for your own personality pattern, maybe it's your family's personality pattern that you're falling into, that you're used to, you know, that, well, rules matter. And, and they, you know, and so, and then, and then you have somebody who's contrary to rules and then they're like, why does it matter? And then that, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. So it's just, you know, depending, we're we're all experiencing our personality pattern running at the same time that theirs is. And thus being able to step back and say, okay, I'm feeling this way because my personality pattern is running. Like if an eight's going off on me, I'm thinking, oh no they don't like me anymore. I better make sure to please them or whatever the type is. Right. But that's just my personality pattern. That might not be actually what's happening. And it might not even be helpful. They might be like, stop smothering me. I don't need that. Right. But just depends on, it's just helpful to know that those two things, those are happening at the same time and to be compassionate about it, to be like, yeah, we're just, we're humans here and we have these patterns and that's okay.
0: Right. So i I think I'm hearing that that one of the ways that understanding our personality patterns and others' personality patterns is that things are not as personal. So I can understand somebody is behaving this way because this is what's motivating them, or this is a part of their personality structure. And I'm reacting because of this part of my personality. So it's not that you're a bad person or... I, you know, I'm right. You're wrong. It's just right. we, we're seeing the world in a different way, and we're being motivated in a different way. So we're we're missing each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I like to say that it's almost like having different languages that are being spoken, but they're all completely valid. And I didn't say that at the beginning, but we need all nine types in the world, and we we honor all of. They are equally valuable, as much as as much as certain types m- might want to say otherwise. They are all equal, <laughs> and I think that if we didn't have all of them, where would be the people who are making sure that we don't fall into danger? Where are the people fact checking? Where are the people who are protecting people? Where are the people making sure that we're following the rules? Where are the people who are helping? Where are the people? Right? Where, where would the Where would they be? Beautifully said.
0: So we have one more type, yeah. number nine. So let's let's hear about nines. Who are they?
1: Nines. Oh. You're so patient. And also, were you worried that we were going to forget about you? I know. We didn't forget about you. (laughs) Nines. The peacemaker. They're accepting. They're receptive. They can be resigned and complacent. Kind of a go with the flow. And that's sometimes why that's the, you know, a little bit worried that they might not be heard. Or that somebody might kind of skip over them or forget. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize your hand has been up for how's it twenty? I don't know. You probably don't have anything else to add, you know. And really, you know, being concerned about that, um, they're because they often blend in. They want they do want to kind of be in harmony with their surrounding with people, um, and and sometimes that can be the result. Their focus of attention is the surrounding environment, the wants and goals of others. So what that can look like in real life is things um, like you want to go to a party, um, you know, your friend calls you up and and they're like, hey, we're going to a party. And you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I might do that. And, you know, and and then they never really make a plan to go. And then their friend just shows up, They you know, but they kind of maybe wanted to stay inside. But it's like, how do you decide? How do I know what I want? And and then your friend just shows up at the door and they're like, all right, it's time to go put on your jacket. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going skiing in the, in the, you know, Alps, like, you know, it's like, oh, and then I, okay, I guess that's happening. So nines um, can sometimes fall into that pattern, let's say more. They, um, they have a fear that there's a loss of separation from others. They believe being out of alignment or in discord or sort of creating um, conflict will destroy their sense of peace. They really want things to be chill and often they don't necessarily feel that way, but they want it to be that way. So they're really good at creating cozy sometimes in to the exclusion of getting anything done. They can, they can fall into patterns of inertia. That's sort of, Uh, you know, they're just going with the flow, going with the flow. And then one day they wake up and, oh, wow, I've been married to this person for 30 years. And I (laughs) didn't even know I was going to live in Colorado. And wow, okay. I I actually know a nine where that happened. They were on a a road trip because somebody else had planned a road trip. So they went along with them and then they ended up in Colorado and uh, met someone and then uh, now they're married and they have two kids, you know? So it's just, just... That can be something that nines experience. They're supportive, they're caring, they're steady, um, and they're non-judgmental. They really see both sides of things, even to a flaw. It's like, well, I could go this way or I could go that way. I can see how it could be this. I could see how they have a point, too. And that's why they're called the peacemakers. A lot of times they're really good at making sure that both sides are heard. They're concerned that they might not be heard. And so they want to make sure that everyone's heard that we're doing this in a peaceful, non-confronting way. But sometimes they feel like things are confrontations when it's just like, where do you want to eat? "Uh, uh, 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 That feels like a confrontation. Like it's all on me and that's like not cool. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to like, I'm not going out tonight. You know, like that's a lot of times the nines experiences this sort of like descent into sloth uh, because it's just like, oh my goodness, making a decision. Whew. If you thought sixes had trouble making decisions, boy, nine. <laughs> That's um yeah, so indecisiveness, conflict avoidant for sure. Even to even sometimes to an extreme, sort of like just waiting, to never really answering. It's like, do you want to go? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll check into that. I'll, you know, are you going to be at the meeting? Yeah, you know, I'll uh, <laughs> you know, slinks off, never says yes or no, because that would be even committing to something and even saying yes or no can be kind of hard and can put you in conflict with somebody. You know, if you say, no, I'm not going to the meeting, they're like, oh, you're not going to the meeting or yeah, I'm going to the meet. Oh my goodness, you're going to that meeting. You know, so there's, there's conflict with any decision. And so, not making decisions sometimes is where nines end up. But they can be just incredibly non-judgmental, which is so powerful to have a conversation. You can just feel like you can say so much to a nine a lot of times, and it's just and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's really like great that you're doing that." And you know, in this sort of quiet way of 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 understanding you for who you are. So in a similar way to twos, twos, you know, want to like be supportive and nines are supportive uh, as well. But a two is more kind of like in your business a little bit more, you know, they, a nine at a party is just kind of sitting around and enjoying it. And whoever comes up to them, it's like, oh, well, this is great. I love talking to, you know, they're just a, a lot of times when you ask somebody about a nine, they say, well, well what was so-and-so like? And, uh, and they say, well, they were just a great person. And you go, oh, yeah, but, like, what, what did they like? Well, I don't know. They were just great. They were just, you know, just, like, really? They were just great. And so there's, there's, an more, openness, there's an openness. This openness. Also not necessarily stating things about themselves or kind of making themselves known. So at a party, for instance, like, a nine's going with the flow and just enjoying the party, enjoying who happens to be around. So they want the people around them to be okay, and then they feel okay. Are we all on the same page? It's a big part for nine. When do nines get in trouble? that's really great. Uh, with, with nine, there's a sort of like, I don't want to experience anger because that breaks up my sense of being and that cool, calm collectedness. So pushing it down and sometimes can also come out as passive aggressive things. So your question was, um, how do nines kind of what, when they're in trouble, it can be things like, uh, so we're going to the restaurant. Um, no, I, yeah. Um, no, um, uh, well, we're going and, you know, oh, um, oh, well, well, you said we were going, but I, I didn't say we were going. And this sort of, you know, like pa- passive aggressive, you always say we have to do things. And I, well, I guess we're going to the restaurant because you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can come out that way for nines. And then also this sort of inertia. That's a big part of it. Either inertia, like they keep going with the same, like I always eat the same breakfast. I always, I always. You know, I always have my fuzzy slippers and I put them on at this time of day and I get cozy or I always work at the same job doing the same thing for my entire, or inertia like I can't get myself out of bed. I can't make a decision. I can't, you know, go forward. So that can be sometimes a struggle for nines.
0: Anger can be a really great sign that a boundary is being crossed.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I, the nines that I know when they've shown like, or expressed anger in something, it's like, oh boy. Okay. I think we have, like, it's probably way more than what they're showing. And so that can be helpful to know. Nines, it's just that they're sort of, they're asleep to it. That's often Uh how it's described. This sort of sleeping in life almost can happen. Maybe we'll,
0: we'll end nine with a marketing sales pitch, promoting how great nines are what would you say
1: um nines have an incredible way of creating peace either just by their simple existence when you're near nine a lot of times it's like oh this feels so great you know it's just it's like i just felt really relaxed and nines do that often uh nines have uh this calm uh, way of ent- letting people in and making it so that you feel connected to them, that we're all on the same page and that there's nothing kind of to worry about with that. Nines go with the flow even when something's really hard. Um, I, I know nines who have had like incredible incredible struggles in their life and and they look at it like, well, yeah, sometimes life's hard, but you know, you just got to go about and live it. And it's like, wow, there's so much power and strength in that. And it's said in such a like matter-of-fact way. And it's really powerful. Nines actually have a lot of power in them that they that they don't always realize. Beautiful. So I
0: think I think that we've covered one through nine yeah. personality types and the Enneagram. Is there anything else to say about any of the types before we um, start wrapping things up?
1: I didn't say this before, but some people sometimes hear a description of a type. Um, a description of a pattern, and in their mind, they experience a concept of gender with it. And the Enneagram actually has no gender attached to it. And um, a lot of our understanding and ideas about gender with it come from the happens to be the society that we live in. So um, the personality types will manifest a certain way if it's more accepted and that happens to be more accepted in that society or not. But I just want to say that there really isn't uh, any gender to it. Like, for instance, some people sometimes say, oh, well, twos, aren't they all female? Well, I-, I know two uh, male friends Um lots of them I, or sometimes you know eight as an example they're like oh well that sounds male to me well in this society it might but uh, the first eight that i knew was a female so it's just really it's not gendered but the way we think about it might be because our society reinforces some of that
0: so Ayla, how can we use the enneagram to better understand ourselves and also be better in our relationships with others
1: okay that's great um I think that it helps us to better understand ourselves because sometimes when we're doing what we do day in and day out, it's hard to even recognize that there's some sort of motivation or drive that's creating that pattern. And I think that by looking at that, we're able to step back and watch it and sometimes even pause for a moment and, and decide if that's the pattern that we want to be doing. And by stepping back, also being able to disconnect from or to have space from the thing that's happening, that sort of moment of pause to have self-awareness is really helpful for growth. And for for recognizing that and having compassion for yourself that, you know, it's, it's okay that you that that's going on, but then and then to move forward with that, too. Um, So I I would hope that people would read more about it, spend time trying on different things, and then not just saying, oh, I'm a this, and then that's where it ends, but saying, this is one part of me, and because of knowing this, I can even become more flexible and, and be able to tap into all of these other strengths of other types instead of stuck in my one mode that I tend to do all the time that feels most comfortable and for understanding others in a similar way to be able to pause and think for a moment and say well i might have a preconceived idea about what that what that person's doing and i haven't really fully understood them and by having a little bit of a window into possible motivations of these behaviors i can pull back from whether or not it felt annoying. I can pull back from whether or not it caused anger um, or whatever the experience was of it and say, well, this is the pattern that they're doing. And to recognize the strong parts of that and and really um, value those as well. And to deal with the things that might be hard with somebody else in a way that actually is speaking their language. Because we want to, in relationship, we want to be communicating in a way that's effective. And sometimes that means not using our pattern of communication that we happen to like and that's comfortable for us. Sometimes it means trying out using a pattern of communication that is the right language for another person.
0: So it can help us empathize with someone in a very specific way that connects to their personality type.
1: Absolutely. A a lot of times when I see advice that's given out, um, uh, you know, like, for various things, it's sort of a one-size-fits-all sort of system or the if you don't fit into it, that somehow you're flawed in some way. And the Enneagram says, no, We, we why would you give one advice to everybody when everyone has different uh, fears? Everyone has different things that they're dealing with and there's and they're so much more than just the nine because they connect and it's very in-depth and each person has, and there's other layers that get added onto this. Why not have it more, more specific? Why not have that it's like, If I want to communicate in this way with this person, this is what's effective and that another way is not. To finish off with a bang, we're
0: going to quickly go through each personality type and get a quick tip and advice of how to connect with or understand each type better and communicate better with them.
1: So for ones, the perfectionists, um, they're concerned with right and wrong. Um, A a helpful tip would be things like reminding them that they're innately good. Um, That's very helpful uh, for ones. And then also asking them uh, for their advice. They've spent a lot of time thinking about what's right and wrong and the best way to do something. And so being able to be asked that advice is, is like very attractive for them. For two, the helper appreciating their helpfulness. It's a small thing, but really making it affirming the helpfulness that they're doing is a very attractive thing for twos. Um, And then also letting them know that you find them interesting. Um, A lot of times that's something that can be very attractive to twos because they often are putting themselves after somebody else. So when somebody else puts them before, um it's it's sort of it's sometimes it's a little nerve-wracking, but it can be like, oh, they're interested in me for who I am. just in the things that i'm helping them with so for three the achiever it's really attracted to them to hear that you're proud of them um so just saying that i'm so proud of you just for who you are is a really helpful tip with uh with threes um and also being uh concise and direct especially uh, not getting in the way of their their goals Um, is also really important for threes and respecting and um, helping them get to their goals is very attractive. Um, For fours, the individualist, it's really important for them to feel that you are complimenting them for the interesting ways that they are, their, their even their flaws, and just sort of seeing them and and loving it all together, reminding them that they're unique, that they're meaningful and important um, in the world, is also very uh, special and and um, helpful for fours. And respecting their intuition about something, fours have amazing intuition about, especially like the. Um, you know, somebody else's feelings and things and respecting that and seeing that is really attractive to fours. For fives, the observers, they, uh, they really appreciate people who don't need a lot. They don't want to be intruded upon often. So people who are independent and show that they're independent is attractive to fives. Um, and I would say also being explicit and not vague about something. Sometimes it's that you ask a five to do something or you're they, they really want it to be very clear um, what's being asked and that can really help with a with a five. Also, with a five, um, being careful not to intrude, uh, you know, letting them have space, letting them have quiet time is very much appreciated. This is amazing, by the way. Oh, okay, good. This is
0: so. This is so brilliant and so helpful. So thank
1: you. I have it's, so it's, much. I'm like editing out. I have so for our next yeah, show. Do's and don'ts. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is this is gold. Like this okay, is thank you. golden. It's not yeah. generic. This is not generic advice. This is very specific.
1: Yeah, I even have like phrasing too where it's like how to phrase something, you know, in the language, it's somebody else's language. So six the loyal skeptic, it's really helpful to be clear about expectations with sixes. We, we talked about that a little bit, but they want to be secure in things and just having that right off the bat that you're, you know, this is what we're going to be doing or this is how I feel about things and being really clear about that uh, alleviates a lot of anxiety right off the bat for sixes. And then not overreacting when a six does. So being there with them when there's something that they're going over pros and cons, a lot of times people want to say, oh, don't worry. It's like, well, they're going to worry. They want to go over the pros and cons and they want someone there with them, but they don't want someone who's going to be kind of getting overreactive. Um, So being there with them, letting the pros and cons and saying, oh, I really appreciate that we thought about all of those things. And now we have a good course of action. Sevens, the enthusiasts. It's really attractive to them to have somebody who appreciates their spontaneity and isn't thrown off by that. So somebody who's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, let's go do this cool new thing. And someone who isn't clingy or too needy, uh, that's, uh, that's often a thing that sevens are not going to be finding attractive um, right off the bat. Um, and so recognizing that um, can be really helpful. So eights, the protector. A tip for eights is um, be direct. They really don't like when people are beating around the bush about things. And so being really straightforward and direct about what you are, are wanting to talk about help is helpful. And they also actually find it really um, attractive. People who stand up for themselves a little bit, have a little bit of gumption and are willing to kind of show that and show your worth. And that's really important to them. And they find it really attractive. Um, and then I would say, just with that, not wanting to try to control eights. So, and real, just recognizing that that might be in small ways, but not wanting to box them and fence them in um, is a helpful thing to remember. Just kind of when you're in interaction with eights, like, can this be seen as me trying to control? Um, can be really helpful. So nines, the peacemaker. It's really helpful tip, I think, um, to be patient. Uh, It takes them longer often to decide things um, and to just be patient with them in life um, because, you know, that sort of like hustle and bustle of everything going on, that might just be, that might be a lot for them. And, and to recognize that, that, that appreciating that, that they help you slow down sometimes even. They also do like to be involved in the decision-making process of the something. They're really concerned with not being heard, but they don't tend to like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that questions? That feels like it could create a conflict, but saying things like, what might be things we might want to do? What are some options that could be, and, and sort of leaving it a little bit open-ended and, and having them involved in that decision-making process is really attractive to nines.
0: Is there anything else to add before we can maybe ask you where we can get in touch with you and find out about all the great programs and, and social media or anything else that you have going on?
1: Well, thank you. I, I was so love talking with you always. And um I would just say that I'm excited to hear people's uh, under, the future journeys with the Enneagram. And I think that there's so much more. There's always much more. I always say that I love every type and I could spend like an entire day just talking about one of them. I mean, really like there's just, it's endless and um, and there's so many connections and and other systems that can be brought in to understand more deeply. Um, my website is um, systems.com and um, I do some classes uh, right now online and then also in person when we can. And, and then there's obviously other websites out there and you can contact me if you have uh, questions and um, I'm super excited. Thank you so
0: much. And yeah, when you say that you love all the types and it, it's, it's so genuine. I can just like see it and like, I can, like feel it all over. Do you work with individuals one-on-one to do any kind of Enneagram counseling or do you work with couples to help them communicate better using the Enneagram or anything around that?
1: Yeah, I definitely do things with individuals. Um a lot of times people have questions that are more specific and in-depth. And there's so, again, it can go so in-depth and uh, talking about it's really helpful with relationship, any kind of relationship dating. Uh, I, I have helped people with even when they're doing those first early on texts and they want to know what's this person thinking and 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 it's actually kind of surprising that you you can start to sort of create um, connection early on. Uh, with this system um, to get through the small talk or to get through the sort of the day to day things that we're doing and really cut to um, the parts that are actually important to us. Um, and so I think the Enneagram is helpful for that. It's almost like this secret,
0: sneaky way of being a little psychic. Um,
1: <laughs> I do always say, and I know this is probably from being a two, but if I could have one superpower, I would love to be able to read people's minds. Well, because I could give them what they want, but also because, <laughs> also because it would just be so wonderful to get to know what somebody is really, truly experiencing and thinking. Um, and I feel like the Enneagram is a small, small, small way that I can do a little bit of that. And it's just a small way because it's it's not everything, right? It's not the whole person, but it's one little piece.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's a big way when you're able to connect with someone and understand someone and resolve a conflict. Oh, absolutely. Um, So Ayla has so much to offer. Um, I'm going to include all her information in the show notes. And she's such a wonderful person to interact with. So non-judgmental and intelligent at the same time. So don't hesitate to reach out to her if if you want more information. And cannot wait to do a part two where we can get more in-depth about many different topics: dating, using Enneagram to date better, how to use Enneagram to be to talk to your partner better, how to grow as a person using the Enneagram. So, more to look forward to. And until next time, thank you so much. Love you.
1: <laughs> love, you love you. Oh my God. Ah!
0: Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If this is the first time tuning in, welcome and make sure to check out the previous episode with Ayla in Enneagram part one, because you won't want to miss the opportunity to learn about the first five personality types. What really strikes me about the Enneagram is how it's helped me to be kinder to myself and others because I can better understand where I'm coming from and also where someone in my life is coming from. It makes me feel more calm and connected, empathetic, and also definitely more effective in how I communicate with others, especially those who have a different personality than I do. I think we have been really spoiled to get to take this Enneagram class from Ayla. She is really an infinite wealth of knowledge and love. And if you'd like to connect with Ayla, you can find her at www.truesystems.com and follow her on Instagram at True you Systems. If you'd like to reach her directly, feel free to email Ayla at aylamiller.com which is A-Y-L-A-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. Ayla does amazing group classes and also does one-on-one Enneagram counseling for someone who is interested in using the wisdom of the Enneagram to address any personal roadblocks and move forward in life. This has been so grand and feel free to follow me on Instagram at relationship podcast. And if you found this to be insightful, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast and share this with someone you think can benefit from hearing this introspective information. This is Natalie Bloom, excited to continue the conversation with you and remembering that through awareness comes connection. i hope you had a great time listening again just a friendly reminder that the podcast is for informational purposes only relationship university is not intended to be a substitute for psychological psychiatric or medical advice or diagnosis and treatment or actual psychotherapy with a therapist or psychologist If you're desiring or needing mental health support, please seek the advice of your medical provider or other qualified mental health professionals. If you think this may be a mental health emergency, please call your doctor or 911 immediately or go to your local emergency room. Life can be challenging sometimes and everyone goes through tough things. And I hope you're seeking professional support from your own personal therapist if that's something that you think would be beneficial to your life. I appreciate your time to listen to this and take care.